believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. negative attack in this chapter on David is from his brother. And isn't it family that so often that brings out the worst in us? Isn't it immediate biological family that attacks and attacks and attacks negatively the good things that God wants to do in your life, your faith, your hope, your steps of faith. They, they tend more often than not, even a good godly family, someone's got the little snide comment, little cynical induendos, and they attack and they attack and they attack. And sometimes they're attacking you and they don't even know why. They're just being used by the devil to discourage you. And you leave and they think, why did I say that to my brother-in-law? Because they're not thinking straight. Because they didn't have a good devotion time. Because they weren't walking with the Lord. And they said things that discourage you without intent, but they still discourage you. But then maybe they say it because they're jealous. Is there anyone more jealous in the world than your own family members of your success with the Lord and your calling with the Lord? So often it's true. Maybe not your immediate family, but your extended family. It's quite common. Jealous. Jealous of your joy. Jealous of your happiness, jealous of your peace, jealous of your temperament and controlling yourself when others lose control. And they're jealous of it because they fly off the handle, they yell and scream, their life is chaos, their life is disorder because they choose that and self-determinate in rejecting Christ. And they're jealous because when the prophet came to the house, they didn't anoint them, even though they look like they should be the next king, they anointed baby brother number seven. And they're jealous of it. And they're so jealous of it, they're judging jury of your heart. Oh, I know what's in your heart. Look at Eliab. We can't, we choose our friends, but we can't choose our family, can we? You just just can't. It's so funny. When Luke was born in our family, Timmy was like two, two and a half years, two, two and a half years old. We had Luke home for two days and he came to Jennifer and he said, when do we take him back? (laughs) <laughs> he was serious. Like, when do we, when do we, when do we take him back? You know, like, we got him from, you know, scripts and Sinead said, do we just take him back? You know, like, how does this work? But we can't do that, can we? No, you just have to keep Eliab out of your space, your head space, your heart space, your world. See, we're like Jerusalem. See, this is Jerusalem. That's your space. We told all of our kids, especially the boys growing up, anyone comes in your space, you can clear it out. Timmy got bullied in fourth grade, nonviolent Timmy. That kid came into space. He choked him. I was like, of all things, why'd you choke him? This is what came to my mind. Why him? Well, he was the smallest guy. That's pretty smart. Pick a fight with three guys, go for the smallest guy first. But he came into space. Luke in sixth grade, he had some classmates taunting him. This one kid came into space. He decked him. He put him on on the cement. And that kid never came into space again. We got space. God gives you space. We don't get safe space. Sorry, millennials. Uh, 
but we get, I'm being facetious, of course, we get your space. Not my space, your space. You caught that, early 2000s. And you need to protect it. Like the walls of Jerusalem, you need to protect it. And you decide who comes in the city gates, when they come in, if they behave themselves properly at the dinner table, they're welcome to stay. They want to burn down your city, they got to go. You're like Nehemiah saying, don't come back next week either because I'm going to rip your beards out. You got to do what you got to do. You can't put your call on, from the Lord and your steps of faith on the Lord on hold because one of your family members thinks they know judge and jury of your heart and your motives and twists it against you. You got to know this is your space. You have a just cause and that's it. And there's nothing more to say. What did it say about David in that text? He moved on. You see, you just like, there's, there's nothing more to say to big brother right there. This conversation is over. You see in the text, he just walked away. He went to the next person. That's what we have to do. You have to fight the, those negative attacks coming from the devil to discourage us. Then he goes to Saul. So now Saul's his boss. Okay, so you got family, now you got your boss. You're placing employment. Saul's like, Saul doesn't beat around the bush. He, he doesn't try to judge his heart. He just goes, you're not able. <laughs> There's no shortages of people that will tell you you're not able. God tells you you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. David said, by my God, I can leap against a high, over a high wall. Like, everything the Lord speaks into our life says, you can do this through faith in me. Looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But the world, and so many people we know, we're not sure why. Like, okay, we know Eliab was jealous of his brother. So jeal- that was jealousy, the first case. But in this case, it's just like, you're not able Oh, so Saul's judge and jury knows everything. Don't let ungodly men and women rejected by the Lord determine what God's doing in your life and stop you from it. You just have to recognize, like, no, that's not the voice of the Lord. There's a lot of voices out there. Filter them. We need to know the voice of the Lord. No, my boss, he might be the king of covenant, Israel. That's why I never try and boss people's personal lives. Why would I? I don't know i got a hard enough time figuring out what God's doing in my life. Had all these different pastors come to me in the last three years saying, we feel called to go to Idaho. We feel called to go to Texas. We feel called to go to, uh, you know, Phoenix or whatever. And these different places, people have gone from this. I'm like, good for you. Lord, guide your steps and keep you. And with Sam and Joanna as my witness, I've never held anyone back from moving anywhere. I've encouraged them. I'm not going to be the, I'm going I'm to encourage you to go. I want you to go. Like I told Hector, go get your own stories. Quit telling mine. Get out there and live life. Get some stories. I don't need, you don't want to hear Pastor Chuck's stories from me, and people don't want to hear Pastor Joey's stories from Hector. So get on with it. And don't, don't let people come. you got to get through all that spiritual beatdown of people trying to discourage you. It, it's hard when people, you, someone you look up to and you respect, because we're told that some, they, it says when Saul and David met each other in the previous chapter, that one of them loved the other. So Pastor Chuck says it was David loving Saul, but David Guzik said it was Saul loving David. It's not really clear in the original Hebrew. But if it's David that loves Saul and so looked up to him as the king and his boss, can you imagine how hard it was for him to go into the boss's tent, who he loves and respects, because he never did raise his hand against Saul, and, and go like, I can do this. And he goes, no, you can't. A dream? No, you can't. Get back in your little hole. Get back in your cubicle. You can't do that. 
You got to reject that in Jesus' name. You just cannot accept that. If you have the just cause, and you know you're in the right, and you know it's the moral high ground, you know it's what God's calling you to do, your, your brother, whatever, your boss, whatever. And then finally, when he went before Goliath, Goliath despises him. The three biggest men in his life, his big brother, the quarterback, his king, ruler of all, and Goliath, who whooped everybody from the enemies, all three of these men despised him. And talk trash to him. And in the case of Saul, he tried to make him go out in the name of Saul. Okay, if you're going to go out here, wear my armor so I get the credit. You close the deal, I'll give you a little bonus. But I get, it, I get you know, boss of the year. That's, don't, no, that's not going to work that way. And Goliath's like, I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. He had to overcome all this. And he had to know who he's believed in and be sure who he's believed in and know that his cause was a just cause. So when you're standing for the unborn and you're standing for basic science on gender or true science on healthcare, or you're standing for the truth in a, in a public forum, you need to know your cause is a just cause. You need to know that the battle is the Lord's. And when Goliath was coming at him and David ran at him, he knew it was a just cause and the battle is the Lord's. And he didn't even blink. There was no kryptonite to stop David's faith. Not a jealous big brother judging his heart. Not an unbelieving king rejected by the Lord or an evil foe who tried to intimidate him verbally before even getting in the octagon, if you will. We got to take those thoughts captive, body of Christ, worship generation. And we need to go forward, second of all, in the assurance of what we know God's faithfulness is. Because when David stood before Saul and Saul said, you can't do it. And David's like, yeah, I can. So you go to your boss and you say, look, I know it's been going on here for 39 days, but I'll go fight this guy. Oh, I know you can't. Oh, I can. Here's my resume. Here's my progressive resume of faith. Because... When I wasn't even called to my dad's house when the prophet Samuel came to anoint a king, where I wasn't even on the radar, on the draft board, if you will, me and the Lord were writing songs together. We were alone in the middle of the night. I have a heart for God. He would never say these things, but God said it. God said it of David before this conversation. He could have said, here's my resume. God of the universe, God of wonders beyond our galaxy says I have a heart for him. And I'll fight this guy. And in case you question whether my credentials, I can do this, let me tell you. You know when you go to Big Bear and you see those stickers on the back window that's a bear claw and it says Bear Mountain or Big Bear? God delivered me from that paw. I chased down a bear that had what was mine, that was entrusted to me by the Lord. And I fought for it. I fought the good fight. I chased down a lion. Do you know what it's like to fight a lion in the middle of the Judean wilderness? Man on man, I fought that lion because he had my lamb. And I called the name of Jehovah, the God of Israel, God of the, God of the burning bush, God of Mount Sinai. And I got that lion and I killed that lion. And I killed that bear. 
because God is with me and God who delivered me in my past life, in my, pre- in, my, in my life up to this time, in my previous experiences. He was faithful when I was in elementary school. He was faithful in junior high, faithful in high school, faithful in college, faithful as a young adult, faithful in my middle, midlife crisis. He's faithful in my, in my 60s, in my 70s, and he's faithful on my deathbed. That God has delivered me from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion, and I'll rip this Philistine's head off in Jesus' name. That's how I'm going to win this battle. It's not me. The battle is the Lord's. Well, here's my armor. Go get him. No, I don't need your armor. I'll be who I am. You be who you are. That's your gig. This is my gig. A staff and stones. I got this in Jesus' name. And he went out in the confidence of God's past faithfulness to him. Time and time again in the Bible, we see where the people of covenant say, thus far the Lord has been with us, like the Ebenezer Stone. Not, or Joshua, not one promise has failed. And none of them ever will. To the people of faith, you've got to fight the battle against the attacks on the good things that God's doing in your life. You've got to take those thoughts captive and obedient to the Lord. You've got to hold the line and know it's a just cause. It's a good cause. And God's going to always honor the truth. He's going to always honor what's right. You do the right thing, worship generation, body of Christ. God's going to always honor it. In the secret place and in the public forum. And if you do the right things in the secret place, more often than not, he's going to reward you and use you in the public place. And to whom much is given, much is required, but don't be afraid to go after all that God has for you. Because so many people, even in Jesus' name, bury their mina and do nothing. You know, if he gives you two, get four. If he gives you five, gets ten, like Matthew 25. Build a resume. We've talked about this. Build a resume of faith. Take steps of faith. Take time to pray. Take time to intercede. Take time to invest in people's lives. Share their greatest moments. Share their most difficult moments. You know, I never look forward to memorial. Would you look forward to memorial? What if your job was to show up and lay people to rest at an open grave? That's my Monday. But the people I'm doing it for, I love. They're my neighbors. And the person I'm laying to rest, I love very much too. Do your job. Do your job, body of Christ. Do what Jesus Christ is calling you to do in 2022. You're not called to do the memorial service on Monday or here Saturday at noon. I am. I'm not called to do what you're called to do. You're called to do it. And it requires faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Face those giants. Don't let them come out every day and talk trash against you and the call of God on your life. Don't let your relatives paralyze your faith. Don't let your boss cripple your faith. And definitely don't let the enemy in places of power keep you from going out in faith to do what you're called to do. Even if it's against them in this realm of the spirit. We got to go because we're going to go. One good thing about putting people in the grave is it reminds you you're going to the grave. Some people never go to memorials and they never go to cemeteries. I go to them regularly. And every time I do, I'm reminded. I'm reminded. I look at, I look at the tombstones. I look at the stuff. Well, oh, 17 years. Well, oh, 37, 32. Woman with two daughters. I just, I just process and remind myself it is all short. It's all a vapor. And the only thing that matters is saved by faith, living by faith, and finishing in faith. So go fight your giants. And be you. Grab your stones and be you. Be you. Saul was called to fight in his armor. He just didn't have the faith to do it. David was called to fight with a staff and stones, and he did have the faith to do it. Not by might, nor by power, says the Lord, but by my spirit, says the Lord. 
is how it's accomplished. Who are you, O mountain, to stand before Zubabal? I will make you a level plain. Zechariah chapter 4. See, the battle truly is the Lord's. And when you know the battle is the Lord, you just go get it. You just go get it, you get after it, and you just do it. And as you take steps of faith, and as you see his faithfulness in all these different seasons of your life, when you hold your dead son in your arms, when you see your mom's spirit give up the ghost, and all the different things that I've ex- experienced in my life, being a world champion or winning the Pipe Masters or being in the Hall of Fame, all these it, just, it comes and goes. All that matters is we're going to see Jesus. And everything in this life about steps of faith and fighting giants, whether you want to or not, that's preparedness for the next realm. So when I look at the stewardship of managing my own finances, my father's estate, and the church's resources, which are all multiplying, all three of them, someone says, well, what's going to happen? What if you lose it all? What if I lose it all? I'm not, listen, if I lose it all, I lose it all. Because what God's working in me and my stewardship is preparing me for eternity. Nothing I'm, I'm multiplying in the human experience of the temporal really matters other than it advances the kingdom when I'm gone. What really matters is I learn the lesson so when I get to the next dimension, he can say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter to the joy of your Lord. You've been faithful and few. Now here's more. So if some dictator nukes everything I've worked hard for economically in my life, it doesn't take anything away from me. This is spring ball and football. And the real season is until we're in glory on the other side. So WG, don't be disheartened or body of Christ disheartened because you feel like people can take this or living in fear of this. Be fruitful. Take steps of faith. Multiply. Get one, get two, get two, get four. Spiritually, economically. The Bible's, God's a God of multiplication. In the Old Testament, you have addition, subtraction, and multiplication. In the New Testament with the church, you have addition, subtraction, and multiplication. Our God is the God of multiplication, and his kingdom's coming in a multiplication of glory that we can't even comprehend this side of the dimension. So go get after that giant. Build your resume. I'm not at all satisfied with what I've done in 60 years of life. Not even close to it. I definitely want to find another gear. I asked my dad. I was joking with my dad yesterday. I said, hey, Pop. So I decided when I was six, I was just going to dance for 10 years. Get really good at dancing. He's like, you're so weird. <clears throat> and so, and then at 70, I'm going to take up golf. I mean, I played golf recently. I really like golf. But, you know, they say it's a good walk on bad. But at any rate, at 70, I'm going to live somewhere and I'm going to play golf. I still might dance, but I'm going to golf. Because I'll have an upside in golf. I can get better at golf between 70 and 80. I'm going to play golf. And then at 80, I figure I'm going to play chess and master Russian. Because I know Russian pretty well. So I'm going to be fluent. King Charlemagne said, the famous King Charlemagne, he said that when you learn another language, you gain another soul. Because you see people of that culture when you learn their language. When I learned Spanish, I embraced the whole Latin community because I was learning Spanish. You don't learn a language not to like people. So in learning Russian, I learned to love the Russian people. So I figure between 80 and 90, I'm going to play chess. Not checkers, chess. And I'm going to speak Russian. And they're really going to think something's wrong with me. But I said, Dad, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do at 90. So Dad, let me ask you, what, 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 do, what do you do at 90? And he says, wish that you were 70. True story, yesterday. You know what that tells me, WG? Young and old, get busy. Because when you're 90, 70 looks young. When you're 60, 70 looks old. When my dad's going to be 92 on May 4th, he's like, hey, wish that you were 70. Huh? All right, then. Let's play golf. You know? You got to get after it. You got to get after it. 
And finally, we see here, David did get after it. So you got to fight all that noise, and you got to fight through it, and you got to get after it. And you go forward based on the confidence. So you build this resume of God's faithfulness. So you take the steps of faith and you're ready for new adventures. You're ready for new challenges. You're not crippled by what people think, what people are going to do. You have the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is free to be free from the fear of man, which is a snare. And you go and you take action. But notice when David took action, how it says that he took his, his staff and his stone. And we talked about this. Take your weapon. Take your strength. You be you. Like I just said, you be you, I'll be me. I'm not trying to be you. Don't try to be me. Why would you? And let's just be who we are. You go in the gifts God's given you, and you go get two and make four for the kingdom. You got five, go make ten. You got one to get two, but don't bury it. Don't bury the call of God. Do not bury the call of God. And then expand your vision. Check this out. I didn't catch this when I taught this a couple weeks ago. I had never noticed this in 34 years of this story reading it with the Lord. So look, uh, Goliath says to him in verse 44, I will give your flesh to the fields, the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Goliath's going one-on-one. Okay, now look what David says. He says, uh, this day the Lord's going to give into my hands, verse uh, 46, and I'm going to strike you, take your head from you, and I'm going to give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beast. He went up to him. Don't let unbelieving people, the kingdom of darkness, dumb you down in your faith. Don't let them take, don't let them frame it and define what the battleground really is. The battleground is the gospel and the word of God. That's the battleground. If you let them pull you with straw men and these little uh, distractions, you can get off point what it's really about. Because that's what manipulative bully people do. And what did Goliath do for 40 days? He intimidated and bullied the entire camp of Israel with this, oh, I'm going to do this and do that. And David's like, God's like, I'm going to cut you and feed you to the birds. And David's like, that's nothing. I'm going to take your head off and feed your entire army to the birds. He upped his game. He's like, you want to do trash talking right now? I'll take a whole other level. It's not you against me. It's you against the Lord. I'm going to wipe your army out today. Big bad bully says, I'm going to come take your life. I'm like, hey, five stones, a staff. I'm taking your life, and we're taking your whole army's life. He went up to him. Our God's the God of multiplication. We need bigger vision. We need more faith. To him or her who has, more will be given. And the way you get it is to be faithful with it and make something happen. Faith without works is dead. Right. So you got to make, just make things happen. Do something, you know. When I saw different people that I follow on Instagram up at the Capitol this week defending the unborn in the state of California, it would seem like California would be easy to think it's a lost cause. I mean, we sometimes feel that way. But they're up there. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, Jack Hibbs. I'm not going to do a Trump rally in the church. That's what he does. That's his business. But, I, man, <laughs> the dudes at Capitol defending the unborn and innocent blood. What could be more honorable? If that's your last day on planet Earth, by the way, that's a good look. That is a really good look for your last day. Got to respect that. And he did it. Goliath, Goliath fell. David got him. David took the offense. He didn't even play the defense. David ran at Goliath. This is another beautiful part of the story. David ran at him. 
guys are, yeah, yeah. David's like, just ran right at him, like, oh, what's going on? Like, he charged them. That's the only way you can fight these battles. You cannot be hesitant. You cannot double clutch. It's like surfing pipeline. Either you attack pipeline or you don't even surf pipeline. And once I had a horrible wipeout in 1999 at pipeline, I was never the same. I couldn't attack pipeline, so I quit surfing pipeline. But that's one thing as an athlete, the most dangerous wave in the world. Quite another one, just a pastor trying to be faithful to the end. Because I can attack the kingdom of darkness until I'm 102. Or whenever I step into eternity. You and I can attack the kingdom of darkness with faith in Jesus. Because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You and I can keep going forward and charging the giants of darkness until the last day, however long we live. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Because though the outward woman's perishing, the outward man, the inward man, the inward woman, we're being renewed daily. And we're going from glory to glory. Your greatest battle might be your last day. So keep charging ahead. But it's no time to be sitting in the camp going like, who's going to deal with this? Get after it in prayer. Support those who do. And figure out where you're supposed to be. Reject the darkness. Stand on the past faithfulness and the assurance of a just cause. Take action. Make things happen. Fight the viper. Cut his head off. And claim the victory that's already accomplished through what we celebrated last week. Amen. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.